Move Forward Radio is brought to you by ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. When studies get published in the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine, the medical community as a whole sits up and takes notice. Gail Dial is the lead author of one such study, published in April, on the long-term benefits of physical therapy versus steroid injections for knee osteoarthritis. Gail and his research colleagues found that people with osteoarthritis of the knee had less pain and disability after one year of physical therapy than did individuals who received instead as many as three cortisone shots during the same period. Those conclusions not only backed previous evidence of physical therapy's effectiveness, but extended the time frame. Nevertheless, far more patients with knee arthritis currently receive steroid injections than are offered physical therapy. There are significant risks and drawbacks for those who receive steroid injections for pain relief. Physical therapy offers similar pain relief, but also enables increased movement and better quality of life. It can as well significantly delay or possibly even eliminate the need for total knee replacement in the longer term. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, Gail discusses why so many patients aren't getting the treatment that would best meet their needs and what every person with knee arthritis should know. He also talks about why this particular study is so significant and shares advice for what people can start doing immediately to lessen the burden on their knees and increase the possibility of keeping the knees they were born with as late into life as possible. Here's our conversation with Gail. Thanks so much for joining us on Move Forward Radio. The study we're about to discuss, on which you were the lead researcher, made a bit of a splash in healthcare circles because it not only reinforced previous findings about the effectiveness of physical therapy for knee arthritis versus steroid injections, but also because it suggests that the positive effects of physical therapy on pain and function can be longer lasting than previously was believed. Before we get into that, though, uh, what does the research say about the relative benefits and risks of steroid injections or, or cortisone shots? And physical therapy as different paths to avoiding or at least delaying uh, total knee replacement? Well, thank you, Eric, uh, for that question. And I really want to thank the American Physical Therapy Association for providing us this opportunity to discuss our research. And we were indeed pleased that uh, the New England Journal of Medicine decided, you know, our research merited their intensive review and eventual publication. Um, It's about Uh, maybe 1% of all research studies submitted to the New England Journal uh, that wind up being published. And in response to your question, I mean, there is a consistent theme in the published literature that injections of steroids, cortisone, corticosteroids, glucocorticoids, whatever name you want to give them, they come with the risk of infection, and they also come with the risk of accelerating negative change in the knee or accelerating the arthritic change, but maybe some complications above and beyond the arthritis, such as subchondral fractures and and so forth. And for any identified benefit from the injections, it is most notably for a short period of time after the injection. And in comparison, there's a, a positive theme to the physical therapy research that Uh, Patients with knee osteoarthritis consistently derive benefit. Most of the published physical therapy studies use exercise where we have a preponderance of the evidence, while other studies, such as our recent study um, that we're discussing today, use a combination of manual physical therapy 
which is a, a hands-on treatment combined with um, reinforcing exercise. And in a rather stark contrast to the steroid injections, uh, there are no identified risks with physical therapy treatment. So what you're saying is that uh, that past analyses of the comparative benefits and risks seem in many ways to favor physical therapy over steroids, but yet studies have shown that as many as half of all patients with osteoarthritis of the knee receive cortisone shots, while only about 10% are offered physical therapy, even though it's been shown to be more effective. Gail, and, and you're thinking, why is that? You know, I just have to think that patients are not aware, or at least they're not being informed by the physician's of the benefits of physical therapy for their stiff and aching knees. And once a patient gets into that typical medical pathway involving prescribed medications, imaging, most notably MRI, injections, and eventual surgery, the momentum may keep them away from physical therapy. And because of that, I have targeted physician journals for publishing most of my research in order to keep physicians aware of the benefits of of physical therapy. I also think there's a good possibility that there are misconceptions by patients that treatments like a knee replacement is a perfect and permanent solution and everything else is less than that. And it may well be that, that patients are told by surgeons they are bone on bone And then the patient thinks, well, there's little hope for anything other than a major surgery. And and, in one of my last days of clinical care before the the COVID thing kind of changed how we're doing business, one of the last patients I saw in the clinic uh, was a woman younger than myself who had had both knees replaced, and she needed revisions to both of those replacements within two years. And if you think about that process, I mean, that's years out of that woman's life. And at the time when I saw her, she was two years out from, from you know, her revisions, her second surgeries, and she was still needing additional rehabilitation. The study that you and your colleagues undertook uh, differed from previous ones in, in, the, in the length of time it tracked participants and in some other aspects as well. Um, uh, Gail, what did you uh, set out to find out? Well, in all of our studies, we have actually tracked the patients for a one-year period of time. In this study, we, what was different was that we provided interim opportunities during that one-year period that the patients were being tracked for them to receive both additional physical therapy and an additional uh, injection if you know, their, their providers determined that was indeed in their, in their best interest. And, you know, my experience with this was I think the use of the interim visits was very powerful and very positive. Well, without getting too clinical or deep in the weeds about this, um, uh, can you talk a little bit about what what the study involved in terms of elements like the time period studied, the age, gender, and other characteristics of the participants, where people were drawn from, uh, the care that individuals in the, in the two distinct treatment groups received, those, those types of things? All of our our patients came from the military health system. They had to be over 38 years of age, and they had to have both um, radiographic X-ray evidence and clinical evidence of osteoarthritis of their knee. Some of the enrolled patients were indeed active duty, so they were actually soldiers or sailors and Marines and so forth, 
and some were retired um, from active duty or their family members. So I think that population is representative of the population at large with NEOA. There were some challenges with identifying patients. There are so many steroid injections uh, given to patients that it was difficult to find patients who were willing to have an injection if randomized to that group who had not already had an injection. Mm -hmm. And so that somewhat delayed the amount of time that we were um, enrolling patients. And there were also a fair number of patients who simply did not want to have an injection. And so being able to find people that were were willing to potentially receive an injection who had not already received an injection um, was was part of the challenge in in going through the the study process. All the patients that um, consented uh, received one-to-one education by a physical therapist on the principles of exercise, appropriate activity selection, weight management, and nutrition. And that was before they were randomized. And so after that class, they were randomized by a process, you know, where there's a label and a sealed envelope and that's pulled out. And then they were either randomized to receive a series of steroid injections or a series of physical therapy treatments over a one-year period. The physical therapy was typically eight one-hour sessions over a one-month period, followed by two to three additional sessions at four months and eight months. And at each one of the clinical sessions, the patients receive some hands-on manual treatment to help their knees move better and be less painless. And they were also given simple exercises. And these exercises were meant to uh, reinforce some of the movement things that were happening in the clinical sessions. And at these follow-ups, some patients desired additional treatment and some felt they were doing just fine and were independent with their simple home exercise program. Patients in the injection group received the initial injection and were quite similarly reevaluated at four months and eight months to see if they would likely benefit from an additional injection. I have a couple of questions there. Uh, one is, um, can, can you talk about the age-gender breakdown of the, uh, the people studied? It, it, was, it was roughly equal, male and female. Um, our, our average age, the mean age, was about 50 years of age. But, uh, you know, we had the spectrum from that, you know, entry age of 38 years of age all the way up to folks that were um, in their 80s. Was there a particular reason that you drew from a from military source? Sure. We, we're, we're all military health care system providers, and, you know, that's the system to which we have access to the patients. But the, probably a minority of those patients were actually on active duty. Now, a lot of these patients that we had have been retired from active duty as long as they were on active duty. And, you know, some of the patients were the spouses of the military and retired military who have never been on active duty. So, and from that perspective, you know, I think it, it very reasonably represents the greater population with, you know, NEOA. Right. Uh, another thing that I wanted to go back to, uh, you, you mentioned that participants in the physical therapy group uh, received, quote, unquote, simple exercises. Can you, can you give me a for, 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 uh, uh, for instance and tell me what, what would constitute simple exercises? Knee osteoarthritis seems to remove the ability um, to make certain movements in the knee. And, that, and that's really important. And it's 
quite potentially an under-recognized aspect of the arthritis. And most notably, uh, what you see in a lot of the patients with knee osteoarthritis is they lose their ability to completely straighten the knee, which biomechanically changes everything and mm-hmm. how that knee functions. And so what you might address with your hands-on treatment is perform some techniques that help that knee straighten better um, and do so with less pain. And then you may give that patient as part of their home program an exercise where they repeatedly push their knee into that straightening motion. Now, a lot of times, you know, if you think about exercise like maybe a pool program or I'm going to ride a stationary bicycle, that might provide the benefits of movement but it might not specifically address that ability to be able to straighten the knee. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking at a knee that has indeed lost its ability to make certain motions, you have to be pretty specific in addressing those if you want to see improvement. And, And that is really what you would like to see is that it becomes easier and takes less effort and, you know, goes back to what resembles a, a more normal gait or a, a, a gait cadence or sequence, we would refer to it. So what was your takeaway? What, what were the study's key findings? In general, patients did better with physical therapy than they did with the injections. Uh, the patients receiving physical therapy had less pain, less stiffness, and they did better on the functional tests. The outcomes favored physical therapy at all time points, but they were the most pronounced and those differences reached statistical significance at six months and one year. And I think it's an important finding that that physical therapy provided short-term benefit that was at least as beneficial as the injections because that's primarily why these injections are used. Patient comes in in crisis, they come in to see their healthcare provider, oh, my knee is miserable, what can I do? Oh, you know, the thing that would give you the most rapid relief is an injection. Well, what we found was physical therapy corrects that situation just as rapidly as the injection. And as a matter of fact, most people that get the injection are guided, well, you have to go home and rest for 72 hours. Here's some pain medication to take, and you need to ice your knee. And after their initial visit and the physical therapy clinic, these patients walk out saying, my knee feels great. You know, it's not as painful. It's not as stiff. It feels like it's easier to walk. And so I think it's, it's a little bit of a misconception that, indeed, these injections are providing, you know, the short-term relief that nothing else can provide. There was four surgeries, um, you know, within the studied population. All of those surgeries were in Patients that were receiving the steroid injections, three of those surgeries were knee replacements, and one was an arthroscopy. And, you know, and to some degree, this becomes like a comparison of plans for investing your retirement nest egg. You know, if one of the plans offers equal short-term gain, better long-term gain with overall less risk, I mean, that should be, you know, a relatively attractive strategy. 
Well, it's interesting that you should mention the short-term benefits. I think that's a good segue into my next question, which is um, the big difference from previous studies here was identifying a trend toward increased improvement after one year by individuals in the physical therapy group, as opposed to past studies, which showed a significant short-term increase in improvement, but then a gradual slowdown as participants neared the one-year mark. So what do you think accounts for the difference in this study? Well, I think it, what, what we need to remember is that in, in previous work, and this is not just by us, but internationally, most of the, the folks have studied either this approach or similar approaches or even exercise only, is that these benefits are, are certainly important and still present at one year. But you, you typically do see some diminishing of the benefit at that point. But, you know, in comparison, you know, if you were on a medication and stopped taking it, you would probably only get, you know, a few more days of relief or, you know, and, and so forth. And so still physical therapy compares quite favorably, even if at one year, you know, there is, is some lessening of benefit from what it was at its peak, whether that was at one month or two months or, or six months. But what we saw in this study, when we used some interim visits, and this was kind of spaced out two different time intervals where we could bring patients in, talk to them, say, you know, how are you doing with this? You know, are, are you still doing, you know, your simple home exercises? You know, can we be a benefit in any way with this? And what you found was some patients said, I'm, I'm doing quite fine and, and I don't need anything. And other people would say, you know, my knee is not quite as painless as it was when you were working with it. Could I have a couple more sessions of manual therapy? Or maybe, you know, other patients would say, you know, what I would really like is a tune-up in my home program. You know, if you could go through that with me again, that would be um, quite helpful. And so we sort of saw the spectrum, but we do think it was, it was important. And I think, you know, that's how most chronic disorders would be managed. I mean, you wouldn't just say, here's your medication for your asthma, and I don't need to see you again for three years. You know, you would, you would periodically check in with those folks or, you know, it was kidney disease or whatever it is, you know, your COPD, and, and, you know, those people would receive interim treatments and, you know, sessions to see how well they were doing. And I think that's what, what osteoarthritis of the knee represents. It's, it's a chronic disorder. Um, a lot can be accomplished in a small number of sessions. But then I also think some, you know, tune-up visits or some some re-engagement at certain periods of time. And certainly if a patient, you know, gets into crisis in any way and has an acute flare-up for whatever reason of their knee, I mean, that's a perfect opportunity to re-engage. And, you know, and what we need to be careful of is that doesn't send those patients down a pathway where, Immediately they get imaging and someone tells them they're bone on bone and next thing you know they've got a knee replacement when really what they needed was about two weeks worth of management and they'd be good for years. Uh, could you talk about the economics of this? I mean, how did total health care costs for all knee-related medical care compare under the two approaches, physical therapy versus uh, steroid injections? What we found was, was because patients in the injection group were much more likely to seek additional care, healthcare costs between the two groups, those that received physical therapy, those that received the injection, were really quite similar. A quick break to encourage you to move. 
physical activity is associated with a reduced risk of chronic disease, not to mention improved bone health, cognitive function, weight control, and overall quality of life. Simply put, more movement is the gateway to better health. Need some help to get going? Physical therapists are movement experts who use exercise, hands-on care, and patient education to help you meet your goals. You can contact a PT directly for an evaluation. Learn more and find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. Gail, how closely did the key findings align with your hypotheses going in? And did anything surprise you? There were a few surprises. You know, and I've been at this for about 20 years taking care um, of these patients and treating them under research conditions. But I was surprised that so many of the injection patients also sought physical therapy. Overall, about a third of the patients randomized to the injections independently and outside of the study um, sought physical therapy. And as we just discussed, I was, I was very pleasantly surprised to see a level of benefit that was still increasing at one year with overall a very, very small number of patients who did not benefit from physical therapy. All, uh, all, all uh, research efforts have, uh, have caveats to them. There are, there are limitations to any given study. What, what were those in this case? Well, we've, we've discussed a little bit, you know, the fact that about a third of the patients in the injection group received outside therapy and all received the educational classes. So the level of observed benefit seen by those patients that got injection in our study may be much higher than in the typical clinical setting where, you know, most likely all you would receive is an injection. We also, you know, there is a difference between um, the amount of provider attention between the two groups, and naturally it takes a little less time to go in and get an injection than it does to have a one-hour um, physical therapy session. So patients in the physical therapy group had more provider time, which can influence uh, a patient's perception of their treatment. But in our initial clinical trial, we studied physical therapy largely as was administered in this clinical trial, plus the, the interim visits, versus placebo treatment. You know, and that was hands-on treatment under the same clinical um, setting with some very intensive interaction with physical therapists, and that showed no significant change with that placebo treatment. So I think we've accounted for those effects in previous clinical trials, but that's always a, a potential. So just to be clear here, though, um, because we haven't really talked about this uh, specifically, you're not saying that total knee replacement isn't necessary in some cases, uh, but rather that if pain can be better controlled and function better maintained with physical therapy, uh, in many cases, knee replacement can be delayed and perhaps in some cases altogether avoided, correct? Yeah, I think that's an accurate summary. Um, Physical therapy offers a very positive option for managing osteoarthritis of the knee, uh, particularly for patients who want to remain active and do not want the risks and downtime of major surgery. Um, this may provide a permanent solution or a solution that, that lasts at least as long as a joint replacement. 
Um, the attention that this study has received uh, speaks to it's, it's breaking some new ground with, with potential implications for the future treatment of knee osteoarthritis. But there are issues related uh, to such factors as how commonly steroids are prescribed and limitations in healthcare coverage and reimbursement for, for lengthy physical therapy treatment. These suggest that it's hardly a given that your study will drive an upsurge of physical therapy treatment rather than steroid use for osteoarthritis of the knee. So can you talk about those factors, uh, both the barriers they present and the possible keys to overcoming them over the long term. Yeah, those, those are excellent points. Um, you know, I think that educating providers and patients on the benefits of, um, you know, high-benefit, low-risk physical therapy, I mean, that, that is the first step. And, and you know, we, we have published research in the Annals of Internal Medicine, um, in this case, the New England Journal of Medicine, you know, arguably the, the top-ranked journal in the world. And you know, these, are, these are important steps to reaching the spectrum of, of providers that we need to, to, to help them realize physical therapy is a, a very credible, very positive option for the patients with, uh, with knee osteoarthritis. As far as the, the use of the term lengthy physical therapy, I mean, I think that that is maybe almost the misconception. Mm, okay. That somehow physical therapy needs to be arduous, it's painful, it's this huge commitment of time and resources, you know, and, and that it's really all of that is the antithesis to what we have been doing. I mean, mm -hmm. we have brought these patients into the clinic, worked with them, two visits a week for four weeks, you know, that has been our average. And in this study, we had some additional visits well-faced over here. But in our research, we have found benefit from physical therapy from as little as two clinical visits over a one-year period to the current study with an average of 12 visits over a one-year period. And so that, that's neither lengthy nor, nor arduous. And, and, and our approach is, is definitely not painful. I mean, we are, we are, we are going out of our way and we, we have a very extensively um, detailed protocol that we publish, which describes the steps that are taken in order to make sure what at a term that we like to use is well tolerated to make sure that indeed patients leave each session feeling better, like their knee moves better, that it's less painful that it's easier for them to walk. It isn't something that's painful, but, a, you know, somewhere down the road, it's going to start, you know, feeling better. And so, you know, lengthy or complicated or some of these things that I think are typically ascribed to the physical therapy approach, you know, don't really fit what we've been doing with patients. One other thing that I think, and it's been mentioned by a couple of the physician reviews of our, of our research, this increased need for surgery in the injection group. This is concerning. And this, that finding is consistent with what we've shown previously, where we had a decreased need for total knee replacement with physical therapy. And I think that's one of the things that will help drive the demand for, for physical therapy. Because indeed, if there, there is a recognizable pathway that is going to, to put patients in line for these higher risk, more expensive, more complicated procedures, then I think you know, finding alternatives to that is going to be a, a higher priority. 
Uh, I'm interested in something you said earlier when, when you were talking about how you've geared your research, and you've really geared very strongly toward physicians, and, and now you have the imprimatur of this New England Journal of Medicine article. Uh, do you feel like you are starting to change minds? I mean, do you see any, any evidence that uh, physicians are receiving the message you're putting out there? We have made, um, as you started this, you know, a bit of a splash. And I think, you know, to have any impact at all in the current environment that's totally, you know, the news cycles are dominated by the COVID and now a social unrest. The fact is that, you know, there is interest and there's interest from the spectrum of, of providers from physical therapists all the way up to orthopedic surgeons. And, you know, we've, we've done some um, sessions and some, some very good uh, discussion type things with these providers. And I think the message is, is getting out. And I think that, you know, particularly where we, where we have, you know, if this was just a one and done kind of research, but where this, this is certainly a line of research with very consistent findings. And, you know, we're now reaching this point where it seems like, you know, this is, better than some of the most commonly prescribed alternatives, I think, you know, that is, that is attention getting and, and hopefully will be practice changing because I think it, it is in the patient's best interest that they are offered these lower risk alternatives. You had uh, just uh, uh, referenced uh, COVID-19, which, which is sort of an elephant in the room as we're having this discussion in, in, the, in the month of June uh, 2020. Uh, this research was conducted, obviously, before the coronavirus pandemic hit, but accessibility to physical therapy and the, and the way in which it's delivered have been greatly impacted by uh, the resulting safety measures. There's a possibility as well that future virus spikes could, again, prompt uh, clinic closures. How might all that affect people's ability to take action on your research findings, and, and, and uh, are there workarounds? Sure, there's workarounds. I mean, I could certainly help patients manage their needs through telehealth. Uh, I could uh, examine them, and I could give them activities that they could perform independently, give me feedback maybe over a couple of different sessions, how well certain things were working for them and so forth, and progressive program. Of course, I would prefer to use hands-on treatment. I think that's a very positive way to facilitate painless movement. But if I couldn't do that, um, you know, I could, I could certainly, you know, do this through a, through a telehealth, and it would, it would still require a good patient interview. I would have to learn a lot about the arthritis and how the arthritis was influencing, you know, what they need to be able to do and want to be able to do and so forth. And it would still be a very engaged um, interaction, but, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot that we could accomplish through telehealth in benefiting the patient and helping them to, you know, to be active and do the things they want to do despite their, their knee osteoarthritis. Does your study and or uh, other research point to, uh, to certain physical activities that individuals can engage in to try to avoid knee osteoarthritis in the first place? Um, in, other, in other words, if physical therapy, prescribed exercise, and certain movements can, can help to control or reduce pain for people once it appears, can the same exercise programs help prevent it? And, and what do you recommend for people who might just be beginning to, uh, to notice changes, crackling sounds, mild pain in their knees? Yeah, that, that's another 
great question, and it and it's it's a it's a deep question, and I think we know a lot about um, certain things that will will tell us up front this patient is going to have arthritis, but I don't think those conversations are being had very often with patients, and when we take a look at a, at a major and relatively common um, knee injury like an anterior cruciate ligament tear, we know that it sets that patient up for a prognosis of, of osteoarthritis in their knee. Now, there are various theories of why that is happening, um, and surgeons are always um, somewhat prone to saying, well, you know, our early reconstructions were relatively primitive, uh, the new ones are better, you know, so on and so forth. But, but the situation seems to be relatively the same, that after these injuries, these patients develop osteoarthritis, and some of them develop it really quite quickly. But, you know, I was asked to be a, a, a keynote speaker on the West Coast for, for a setting within a university, and the topic that I picked to talk about was knee osteoarthritis, and there was a lot of physical therapy students in that in that audience, and so you know that you know, these are you know, a lot of these young folks have been athletes and have these kind of injuries. So I, you know, just did a show of hands and said, you know, how many sitting here, you know, have had an anterior cruciate ligament tear? And probably 30 people out of several hundred sitting there raised their hand, and I said. And how many in the process of management ever heard the word osteoarthritis mentioned? Mm -hmm. Everybody's hand went down. And so we need to do better than that. You know, if we know that from that injury, the prognosis is that your knees are going to become or your knee is going to become arthritic, there are things that those individuals can do that will minimize probably the onset of the osteoarthritis and the rate of the osteoarthritis. Now, there, there's going to be factors you know, like the injury and the inflammatory response to the injury and all those kind of things that are outside you know, our control, but we can certainly teach these patients you know, how to avoid inflammatory events, how to train smart, you know, what, what, how to recognize things that are bad for their knee, how to recognize things that are good for their knee, and then, you know, give them some insight to some things that, you know, success is if you can play on the playground with your children. That's, that's what you want to do. And if you can play on the playground with your grandchildren, that's even better. Mm-hmm. And if you're laying on, you know, an orthopedist table at 38 to 50 years of age wanting an ear replacement, that's not success. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how do we help manage you through this to see that indeed, if in, you know, if at any point you need a re- knee replacement, you're old enough that you're only going to need one. And it's, it, you can be, you know, a happy, active, fit individual, but you're going to have to train smart and use your knees smartly and recognize when you're abusing it in order to get to that point. Can you talk specifically about what some of the things that people can be doing are? You, you talked in kind of general terms that there's a lot that can be done. Can you can you list some of those things? I think I think it's it is um, it sounds simple, but it's it's complex enough that it merits working closely you know, with physical therapists uh, to make good decisions. But you know what I have found is that 
it's difficult for patients. In other words, if you show up in primary care and the diagnosis gets made, you know, that you've got knee osteoarthritis and your knee is already miserable and maybe your body mass index is high and they tell you, give you a handout with some exercises and tell you you need to start a walking program. Well, what do they do? They start a walking program, which makes their knee more miserable mm-hmm. and they get nothing but frustrated. And so, you know, I think you have to be able to work with patients on an individualized basis and figure out what can they do to move and move more if indeed we want to burn a few calories, maybe make our heart and lungs more fit, but do that in such a way that not only is it not negative for how their knee feels, but makes their knee feel better or their knees feel better. And maybe that's walking. Maybe that's on a well-fitted stationary bicycle. Maybe that's an elliptical machine. You know, maybe it, it is indeed starting very simply and just doing, you know, the kind of up home exercises that, that we get patients. And maybe there needs to be, you know, a several-week period of helping the knee to move better. And then once the knee moves better and muscles are more flexible and maybe, you know, supporting muscles are working a little better, maybe they would be better candidates for some walking or for riding a bicycle or doing some elliptical and then it's also helping them to figure out dose. And you can take a good activity and put it in the wrong dose and make it a bad activity. And what we're really trying hard to do is decrease the inflammatory response of the knee to the activity. And certainly, you know, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications have long been the mainstay but part of that is because we've not done very well with with keeping arthritis at bay just by good activity selection and good activity dosing. And if we can do that in a, in a smart way, then you don't have an inflammatory response after the activity and the need for those medications. And that's what we found with our research is that, you know, this does decrease the need for those type of medications. It, it strikes me in what you were just talking about that uh, physical therapy, uh, it, it, the approach is very much that, that, that one size does not fit all, whereas the steroid approach is, is in, in a sense, one, one size does fit all. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's accurate. And we have been um, very open, uh, you know, very forthright about there is tailoring of the approach and that it's not going to be one size fits all. And, you know, within even a fairly simple diagnosis of knee osteoarthritis, I mean, you have all kinds of variants in there. You know, people that have different degrees of varus and valgus, people that have ligamentous, you know, they, they move a lot. We would call that hypermobility. We have patients that don't move well with hypomobility. We have patients with different alignment from the standpoint of their feet and ankles and so forth. And, and all of that has to be uh, factored in. And, you know, an activity or even an exercise that has uh, substantial benefit for one patient may be provocative in the next patient. And you have to make very careful, good decisions to make sure that you, you tailor these things. And the thought that, you know, I can just give a throw a booklet at a patient and, and you know, primary care, and they're, they're going to know what to do with their knee. You know, I, I think that that's, that's 
unlikely to come to a good end. And that's where I think just a few visits with a, an expert like a physical therapist who's orthopedically specialized can really be helpful. Um, I read an article uh, recently in which an orthopedic surgeon in New York City was quoted as saying that patients' quality of life should be just as compelling a factor in whether they undergo total knee replacement as, as what their x-rays show. Um, the study that you and your colleagues uh, conducted suggests that physical therapy has the potential over a longer term than had previously been thought to reduce pain and improve function and enhance quality of life. Uh, in an ideal world, then, what would you hope would result from the evidence you've produced of physical therapy's quote-unquote staying power, if you will, in this patient population? I think, you know, a good relationship with a physical therapist who can, can help their patients understand um, their needs better, um, that can help patients be more active and keep their arthritis under better control. I mean, that's the... I mean, that's the key for all chronic conditions, you know, your asthma, your diabetes, you know, whatever it is, that we have this under better control. And I think this approach can be very positive for lifelong management, even for those, and hopefully that, that number would be smaller, but even for those who would eventually benefit from surgery. And you know, hopefully that would come at a point in life uh, where those individuals would only need a single um, knee replacement, and they have found that they could be just as active as they want to be and all those kind of things right up to that point. And because they are active fit individuals, they're going to be better candidates for surgery. And they're going to be stronger and more flexible, and their knees are going to move better, and they're going to have a better concept of, of how to do post-operative rehabilitation and to go through that process because they've been doing very similar things to manage their needs for a long period of time. I'll give you an opportunity to have a last word here. Uh, in closing, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you'd uh, care to share with listeners or, or a point you'd like to reinforce? Gosh, I, I guess I, I encourage patients with, with knee osteoarthritis to think long-term um, and to be empowered to have control. Um, don't be dissuaded by someone who points to a, you know, an imaging finding and says you're bone on bone. Uh, most patients will, will benefit substantially from physical therapy. And I think identifying beneficial activities, uh, putting those in the right dose that help keep you moving and make your knees feel better is a great strategy. You know, and if you can do those things in such a way that it, it helps you achieve a healthy body mass index, um, that's also helpful. And I think it's also important that an acute event of pain in your knee, you know, as we age, wrinkles develop on the inside and there may be changes to articular cartilage or there's changes to a meniscus, you know, a, a, a cartilaginous structure in your knee. And that does not represent a major setback. And it's almost like catching a cold or the flu or something like that. And a few days or a couple of weeks of proper management may, may put you right back on the path of years of minimal difficulty with your knee. Well, uh, Gail Dial, uh, thank you so much for speaking with us on Move Forward Radio and sharing this important research. Oh, thank you, Eric. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or find previous episodes at ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com.